Hello, folks. Uh, welcome to another episode of Recruiter Screen. Um, as you may know by now, maybe this is your first time here. Every week we talk to a recruiter, recruiting leader who's really at the top of their game, um, you know, active on the front lines doing recruiting and take a no nonsense look at what makes recruiting such a tough but such a rewarding uh, way to spend your time. So as a reminder, I'm Sile, one of the co-founders at MetaView. Delighted to have Nate Wiley on, on, the, on the show this week. Uh, I was just actually saying to Nate, we had like two minutes before we we came live. Usually the folks that I speak to on this, uh, I sort of know to some extent already. Uh, maybe I've met a bunch of times. Uh, but Nate, I only know from a distance, been a, been, been a follower of yours for, for a little while. So uh, yeah, excited to have a chance to, to have a proper chat. So thanks so much for doing this. Um, how are you doing? Doing great, Saul. I appreciate the invite and uh, glad to be here today. Nice, nice. Before we jump in, do you want to give a quick intro, just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so real quick, uh, long-time recruitment professional. Um, I've done the staffing, done distribution, manufacturing, um, big tech, startup, and now I am a entrepreneur for about the last four or five months, and I uh, launched Infinite Talent to specialize in recruitment for startups. Awesome, awesome. Um, cool. Well, are you ready for your recruiter screen? Let's go. Let's do it. All right, so first of all, what is it? Uh, and this could be from your sort of time since start, uh, starting Infinite, could be at your time before in tech or a lot of the other industries you mentioned. What is it about recruiting that uh, sometimes makes you want to throw your laptop out of the window? Uh, so I try to be as stoic as possible and not, uh, <laughs> not, not operate in the extremes of being too excited or too upset. Um, I would definitely have to say when I start to feel helpless in a, in a search, and whether that's uh, not getting timely feedback from uh, hiring managers or leaders that I'm working with and or if when they do get back to me, I now have to like chase down candidates that are, are no longer engaged and, and haven't um, responded in a while. And, and I can kind of count my losses on that one. But it's at that point, I really feel like I failed in some sort of way because I was unable to uh, kind of facilitate the process properly. Mm, so a lot of the time it comes down to like, you feeling like when you feel like you don't have the information to do your job basically that's like the thing that that kills you really when there's nothing more i could do like i've sent all the follow-ups in either direction yeah. and i'm just sort of sitting there uh treading water yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out which way i should go uh so i guess ultimately that feeling of helplessness like that's when i when i'm ready to throw the laptop yeah, that's such an interesting one <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that from a recruiting perspective necessarily but um Obviously, there's certain things in whether it's your professional life or your personal life that you sort of feel like, hey, I can really control this uh, or I can control large parts of it, influence large parts of it, whatever it might be. But yeah, with recruiting, of course, it's so dependent on the other human beings that are like actually you're trying to match up, I guess, that uh, if they're not if they're not playing ball, then uh, yeah, you can end up being a little bit helpless. Um, yeah. Anything you sort of like establish to try and reduce the chances that you get to that point where like, oh, damn, I'm sort of like out of out of arrows in my in my in my satchel i try my best to um build rapport with everyone involved in the process and in hopes that everyone's going to be honest and transparent with me um whether they're thinking differently or there's been a a change in decision or they're no longer engaged or whether that's on the other side of it whether you know the hiring manager's gotten super busy and really don't have the time to prioritize the search 
or whether candidates are leaning towards other opportunities or deciding to withdraw. Um, I try my best to convey to them that you can tell me like it's not going to hurt my feelings. It's, it's just really when I'm stuck not knowing yeah. uh, that, again, I start to feel that helplessness. Yeah, yeah. But but you're too stoic to throw your laptop out the window, just so everyone. Yeah, I can't I can't throw the Mac. I need it. So <laughs> nice. When when you um, I guess this this is relates right. Like when you think about working with a hiring manager or a client, maybe now, what is the sort of the trait that you think you get really excited when you see it, and then you think, great, we're gonna have like a really we're gonna work together really well. What is that trait that you think is like that one most important trait in a hiring manager? Uh, almost when they over communicate, like when they really enjoy talking about the type of team member that they want to bring on um, and they're excited about it. I think sometimes I've worked with hiring leaders who look at it as almost like an obligation and I really don't want to do this. I really be doing something else, but those hiring leaders who get excited because they understand like this is how we're going to move to the next level. This is going to help me. This is going to help the rest of the team. This is going to help the organization. And so they really do all they can to make sure I have all the information I need to find the right person. Um, whether that's giving me more uh, insight and detail into uh, what they're actually working on, what that 30, 60, 90 day plan may look like for this individual, um, you know, what are the growth opportunities for the role, someone who can give me all that information and again, be excited about it. That's that's what I like to hear. Yeah, yeah. Out of interest, because um, I think I, the, the company you're at, you're, you're at Lyft for a really good chunk of time, right? Mm-hmm. D- did they have like um, like a... Uh, I guess, like a centralized, were the hiring managers always the people who would essentially be the line manager of the the candidate or were the hiring managers more of like a central group of hiring managers? It depends on, so tech and biz were kind of ran a little differently. Yeah. Um, In my time there, and again, I'm speaking about when I was there, I I couldn't tell you what they're doing today. Uh, But there was, on the tech side, there was like more of like a, um, almost like a hiring review panel. So that was like a more centralized way of running the re- recruiting function. Whereas on the biz side, it was it was almost like one-to-one. So you could work with a lot of different hiring leaders that were responsible for making those decisions. Yeah, yeah. Because so I guess when you do have the centralized hiring committee, hiring panel, whatever it might be, you're pretty much guaranteed engagement, you'd hope. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not always how it pans out. But um, uh, but yeah, I guess when you sort of have like different hiring managers every every rec, then yeah, it's a bit of a, obviously they'll all be different. Some will be more engaged than others. I think it's pros and cons to both. Like I I think um, I was able to experience both sides of it. Um, It was nice to have that centralized core team that were experienced in reviewing candidates and interviewing and and being able to make those decisions. But you can also tell, um, if I'm being honest, like sometimes they may have been a little burnt out um, because that's what they're constantly doing as part of their role versus you get um, with a hiring manager that may not have hired in a while. They're super excited. Um, they're they're ready to bring someone on their team, and they're very engaged. And, and so I can say it was definitely pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Nice. What, what about on the flip side? What's like the sort of the least favorite? What what was sort of sort of a uh, um, what do you wish was different about some hiring managers? Uh, I think it's the hiring managers that. I don't want to say set such a high bar because I, I believe in needing, you know, certain qualifications to be successful. But oftentimes I've um, worked with some hiring leaders who almost like they've forgotten what it what it's like to be a candidate and have to go through an interview process. And they just didn't want to compromise on on process or even um, not necessarily compromise on skill sets. But let's let's try to also look at the potential 
for this candidate versus, you know, you wanting them to check every box and, and be a, um, a quote unquote unicorn or a purple squirrel yeah. like this person that you're trying to um, is, is going to sort of fill out everything on your wish list. And it was just funny sometimes to sit in uh, debriefs or, or meetings and, and sort of hear the way they talk about uh, the type of person they need and, and all they need to be able to do and what they need to, to bring to the table and the asset they need to be. And sometimes um, if I was involved in their process or I could have recruited them, it was in my back of my head, I'm thinking, i oh, like, you're doing a lot of talking. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. like, you kind of barely got in yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. so, uh, and so kind of having that, that information in the back of my mind, I, I try my best to, um, I guess there's a piece of change management to it and, and just kind of try to uh, be able to help hiring leaders have an open mind about things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think that's a real big problem. I think, I think it's sort of connected this, this scenario where sort of you end up funny really struggling to find someone who meets the bar let's say um i think part of it is sometimes because people don't want to people are looking for people with no weaknesses which is just like obviously insane and impossible because they're trying to de-risk their own decision or the perception of of themselves Uh, and that's partly because sometimes they don't have all the they they often make their decisions without all the information so they just want someone to be really well-rounded so it doesn't look like they're taking the risk it's like sort of you know, no one gets fired for buying IBM type situation where, you know, if they have everything, then no one's going to think I'm a, I'm a dummy for hiring this person. Um, right. But I think getting to this mode where you actually hire for strengths and like take a position and like, yeah, I know they're not good at this stuff, but I think there's a chance that this stuff is really going to work out for us. Is like, uh, you just need a certain amount of confidence that I think most, it's really hard to get as a HM, I think. Um, yeah. And then there, there's also the piece of, I've understood that a lot of hiring leaders don't want to, um, they don't want to put themselves in a position to where like after I hire this person, I'm going to have to be more hands-on than what I want to be. Um, But that's a part of hiring folks. Um, No one walks in the door knowing everything, but I think that's what they're looking for. Someone that can just come in and immediately get to it without having to uh, receive any sort of guidance or training or direction um, because they feel like that's going to be more time that they have to spend. And again, that's just something as a recruitment professional, you have to kind of recognize and help them understand that's just a part of hiring. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like most of the time, the way that that goes away, this sort of um, let's rather than say like lowering of the bar, let's say like sort of redefinition of the bar or like just a higher resolution picture of what the bar actually is. Usually mm-hmm. that gets you get to that after having like maybe like a couple of months of interviewing people in order to calibrate and realize what you're looking for is like unrealistic or whatever it might be or wrong. Um have you found anything to accelerate that? Or do you think it is just like, let's get some, let's get some folks in front of this person as quickly as we can so they can start to have a more educated uh, perspective? Uh, in order to expedite that, because um, you're right, like it, if you go about a, a search, sort of like just the, the, the standard practice, right? A, a job description, a kickoff, and then jump right into it. Um, it, it can take some time because it depends on what the role is and depend on um, sort of the recruiter's background in, in sourcing for those type of individuals. And I was actually on the phone with someone earlier that specializes in sourcing. And he was he was saying how he advises people uh, to go to YouTube and, and spend like the first four or five hours just really immersing themselves in whatever that job function is um, and, and getting a better idea of the type of individuals that may be successful in this role. I think um, activities like that or actions like that would probably expedite the, the process because then it's not me um, sort of throwing darts and, mm-hmm. and trying to uh, hit the target based on what 
the uh, hiring manager has told me. And then I think understanding the business, um, even when it comes down to what the culture of that particular team or that business unit may be like, finding that right fit. Because um, even when uh, a job is super challenging, there are people out there who who likes those types of challenges. Like, they like to be stretched. They want to to work long hours and, and and sort of see the impact that they're making. And all that is is baked into the search to find the right person. And yeah. so um, it's a lot of layers to it. And, and once you can understand the majority of those layers, I think that's what will expedite that, that search process. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Nice. What, what, um, any sort of like a funny, uh, I guess, you know, funny horror stories that you can think of from your, your time, of, uh, uh, whether it's like in interviews or just candidate stories that uh, you want to share with folks? Um, I have a, a horror story that still <laughs> kind of haunts me. I was, um, I was in, uh, like my first six months of staffing, like just got into recruiting and we were looking for, uh, like a call center manager or, or something along those lines, uh, for a contract role, um, found a great candidate and the minimum qualification were um, very minimal. Like it, you just had to have a certain number of years in contact center environment, uh, high school diploma, some supervision experience. Um, but anyway, found a great candidate. Uh, the, the team loved him. Uh, they hired him. And he didn't have a uh, high school diploma, but he didn't disclose that. Um, and I, I went down the list, but I guess he didn't think they would actually check for it. Um, and so his background check was taking a while to come back. And and then the support services team sent me an email saying that he couldn't start on his, his contract because he didn't have a high school diploma uh, or they couldn't find it rather um, and told me to reach out to him and see if he could send it in or send a copy or reach out to the school because they having trouble locating it. And then after like maybe two or three conversations with him, like he finally just admitted that he didn't graduate high school. Um, and then he had already uh, put his notice in. At his at his job at that point, and they wouldn't uh, retract his resignation, and so he ended up just not being without a job. That that hurt. Like I said, I still remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was sourcing positions for for him and like just sending him jobs I could find on my own time because I just felt terrible. Um, but since then, any candidate I've ever spoken with, I always tell them I like do not resign from your role until you get all clear from me. Yeah. Um, even I don't care what level it is. It could be an executive search. <laughs> like, don't tell your company anything until until I let you know where yeah. we're good to go. You were right. That is not a funny one. That is just a horror one. Yeah, that sound that sounds. Nah, that was um, not funny. No, um, that was not funny at all. Yeah, I, I feel terrible. Did you? Um, yeah, and I guess no, no, no sort of. I mean, I guess obviously it's only limited thing, especially early in your career. No wiggle room on the employer side. It's just a straight up, hey, this, 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 this can't be done. Yeah, because it was it was staffing, and yeah. so it was contract. It's it sort of you. It was, it was real black and white at that point. Either, either you have everything you need or, or not, and yeah. they'll just continue to look for other uh, candidates. Did you start to suspect that maybe that was the case, or were you quite surprised when he said like two or three conversations and hey, listen, I just I don't have it. I think it's <laughs> both. Both. I started to suspect, but then I was also thinking because he had uh, quite a bit of experience, like work yeah. experience, and so. I made the wrong assumption that, of course, he has a high school diploma. I, I figured because some of the companies he had worked for, or I just would imagine that that was part of the criteria to, yeah. to be hired there. But he, you know, he said he um, dropped out of high school due to some some personal reasons and found a, a position and and just started working his way up. And no one else had ever asked about it. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I that, that was yeah, that was that was definitely a horror story. Well, you don't need to hear it from me, but uh, obviously, I'm sure it's a long time ago anyway. But you know, you don't need to beat yourself up about it, right? Because it was <laughs> it was it was clear on the wreck, and you discussed it and all these things, and yeah, obviously, amazing that you tried to help, sort of essentially pro bono. That's like really honorable stuff. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's keep going. It's a, yeah, it's a good if, one. But yeah, if, not, yeah. If you see a if you see a theme, it's it's when I'm in that position of helplessness that yeah. stuff really bothers me. It's when I can't can't do anything about it yeah 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 that's coming through yeah what what um like on the what gets you most excited about uh recruiting it's constantly evolving um you know i love the fact that texting is is the norm now um there's all these different ai tools that you can use to to help your workflow and expedite and um, um especially just even um quickly being able to understand exactly uh what a certain position may require aside from what a, a hiring manager has told me like i can now go to like chat gbt and they can give me even more in-depth detail around uh the type of individuals that may be a good fit and what other industries i can look at so i love having that assistance um but also at the end of the day um you know when it's positive uh, an email from me whether it's a, a reach out uh saying that i have an opportunity that i think you're a great fit for or whether it's me sending you the email saying like hey we want to move forward with an offer like that can that's life-changing stuff yeah um and so I, I like being able to to be that um deliver of of some good news yeah no, that's so true all right closing three questions closing questions what are sort of three qualities traits that you think make a a top performing recruiter uh definitely have to be uh diligent um, because sometimes things don't move as quickly as you want it to. And there have been times I've, you know, spent hours sourcing and just still don't feel like I'm putting together the best list. Um, and, and you just have to keep digging and, and sort of tweak your search and keep going. So definitely that diligence piece, um, having a high EQ, I think is, is something that's very important just because you're dealing with so many different people, um, who want different things. And yep. you have to be, um, you know, kind of that bridge to to understand. All right, this this hiring leader is trying to save money, and this candidate is trying to, you know, go over budget. Like, how do I, you know, compromise between the two in order to make sure that this is a good win? And then also just being able to recognize when you want to make sure that relationship is strong, um, even when they start. Right. I, sometimes I, I like to um, advise individuals like you don't want to get in two tenths of a offer negotiation because you don't want that to impact your your relationship with individuals when you actually start. Um, and so having that high EQ is is another one I would say. Um, being a continuous learner, I would say probably the third one. Um, and that's going back to how the space is evolving and how there are always new systems and tools and technologies and processes and, um, you know, on any given day, someone may say, okay, this is what we need to focus on now, whether it's candidate experience or whether it's candidate engagement or, um, you know, how do you nurture and engage down? Like there are a lot of different components yeah. to recruiting that I feel like uh, uh, no one person is great at. Uh, and so yeah. you just have to continue to learn and, and try to uh, get better each day. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. My unsolicited take on your top three, I think diligence is obviously like evergreen and true for many roles as well, but I think super true for recruiting. And I think the EQ and the curiosity or like the sort of the, the thirst to, to learn, like almost like never more relevant than now, because I think the EQ stuff is the stuff that is not going to like essentially technology is not going to change. Like every, right. even companies like things like MetaView are building, not going to change. So it's actually going to put 
stuff like that on the pedestal as maybe the most important thing all of a sudden is this EQ stuff. And then of course, at the same time, for the stuff that isn't directly EQ related, working out how what I can use, what tools I can use in order to, to get rid of the rest of the stuff or do the other stuff better is like so key. So totally agree. I saw you talk on another thing quite recently around how like, you know, humans are going to be human basically and it's so like central to the oh world. yeah people are people yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. um and i think that obviously really relates to this eq thing which i, I think is totally true so yeah thanks so much for sharing that and um, nick we're coming up on 20 in fact just over um where's the best place for people to sort of either get in touch with you stay in touch with you whatever it might be uh linkedin for sure uh anyone watching reach out on linkedin uh, let me know if you want to chat, just to network, if you have some questions about job search or if um, you want to refer any great candidates to any roles I'm be working on, I'm, I'm really easy to get in contact with. So just shoot me a note. Nice, nice. Uh, Nate, been a blast learning about your your experiences and, and how you think about these things. Uh, super informative. So thanks so much. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, hope folks that were listening in, whether you're live or sort of uh, later as you're scrolling your feed, I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Please do, as well as checking out Nate's profile and give him a follow or an ad, also do the same thing for MetaView. Um, that will keep you up to date with future episodes of, of Recruit Screen. Um, and until then, let's hire on. See you, folks. <laughs>